the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I am uh, Bishop Michael, and uh, I was Bishop of North Dakota for 15 cold years, <laughs> and I still live there a couple of, of weeks a month. One week a month, I go to Dallas and assist the bishop there, and over the, the the last uh, year or so, I've been able to come up to uh, upstate New York uh, to, um, to help out uh, by doing bishopy things, Episcopal things, uh, while you're in the, the search for a new bishop. Uh, so most of my credentials are in the north and the south, and my accent's from Oklahoma. So uh, uh, anyway, that, that's a little of who I am. I'm delighted to be with you. Here. And I get to visit lots of churches. I get to, uh, every Sunday I have a new church, and I was joking earlier, it's really not a joke. One of the first things you learn to do as a bishop is to see where you might trip. Anyway, so uh, delighted to be on, on a, a gorgeous summer day uh, to celebrate uh, the. Uh, Confirmations of these young people, and uh, uh, to to celebrate a century of the rededication of this faith. I, uh, uh, I, I Father uh, uh, Lido sent uh, me a historical uh, article in one of the newsletters, and I thoroughly enjoyed reading that and making some connections. One thing I thought was. Yeah, these walls could only talk, <laughs> you know. They had seen and heard a lot over the years. And I couldn't help but think of that second reading we just heard about jealousy and quarreling. So the church has been doing that for quite a long time. Paul is getting us not to do it. But I'm so aware of uh, people will talk about, oh, I'm so tired of politics in the church. Well, politics are everywhere. Wherever two or three people gather, you're going to have some kind of politics. The only question is whether it's going to be good politics or bad politics. And I think the scripture brings us, defines for us what is good politics in the church. And Jesus himself modeled it. It has to do with putting others before ourselves. It's not just about what I want, it's what does God want and what does this place let me tell you a few things that I've already noticed since I've been here. Friendly, open congregation. Uh, that's quite beautiful worship space. That's a plus. But I'm most impressed that you have children. Because many Episcopal churches do not have children. Not only do you have children, you should have heard some of them singing up here. Robust singers. That gives an old bishop hope. So... Uh, <laughs> What do they need is the question uh, for, for the future for a congregation. What do they need to become who they are going to be? How are we going to hand on our legacy to them in a way that makes sense to them? The other thing I learned uh, from, and I have to bring this up, uh, that this was Oneida country, right? Uh, and uh, believe it or not, as white as I look, I, I am an enrolled member of a tribe in, uh, in Oklahoma. And so much of my ministry has been among 
the Oneida uh, ended up in Wisconsin. There are a number of Oneida Episcopalians, and they're doing well It's made from pipestone, and pipestone is a is quarry in one place in Minnesota, and it's a mold of sacred pipes of many tribes. And because of its color, it represents the blood of the people. So this Potawatomi is here in Oneida country, uh, uh, keeping them in remembrance and celebrating uh, with you who are, are blessed to live in this land. On this part of the earth, um, the scriptures were filled today with images of architecture. You know, we're talking about a physical temple that was in Jerusalem, and when in the Old Testament it talks about the temple, it's always talking about God's presence. Where is God? Well, God is in the temple. God kind of laughs and he says, do you think I really live in a place by, made by two of these? But that dedication that we turn out there of the temple talks about whenever you look to that place, remember that I am present. And so in a sense, our buildings are sacramental in that they remind us of the presence of God in this place in this community. But there's more. Because the temple in Jerusalem got destroyed after, after the Old Testament times, after Jesus' crucifixion. Uh, it was destroyed. And so it was traumatic to the people because if God is no longer with us, how can we go on? How can we go on? But then think of this. Jesus had compared his very body to the temple. He said, if you tear this down and build it down in three days, I will rebuild it. People thought he was crazy, but he was talking about his body and his resurrection. So the focus of the presence of God is not just the building, but it is the person of Jesus himself who houses the very presence of God. But there's more. Because when the Holy Spirit comes upon, Jesus sends the Holy Spirit. Remember, he had said, it's better that I go. I know you don't want me to leave, but it's better because if I go, the Father will send the advocate, the Holy Spirit. And guess what that Holy Spirit does? He makes us holy temples of God's presence. Okay? Can you see what God is doing from, from one part of the land in this, with this temple? spreading to temples across the world, choosing to dwell within those who would allow him to do so. Sounds to me like God is on the move. That God wants the entire creation to know the divine presence. Wants to know that God is here. And if God is here, we are not alone. And we can go through anything, any pain, God is with us, we are not alone, and we can 
make it through that. There are more images. There's more. We, we are living stones, okay? We're not just lone rangers. There's a Western theme here today, isn't there? <laughs> uh, we're not just lone rangers, even though we are holy and the Spirit brings well to each one of us. God is up to even more. I don't know why God does this, but he actually can do more with us together. We are stronger together than any of us is alone. And God says, I'm going to build a new temple. This won't be a physical temple, but it's going to use the people in whom my spirit dwells. And I'm going to build them. And guess what the cornerstone is going to be? Jesus himself. So brothers and sisters, today I want you to take with you from this place the sense that God is on the move, that God has a plan. We don't know what it is. We sometimes are confused. God has a plan for each of the three congregations represented here. Sometimes we don't know what that is. But remember, we are to within us. If we listen to that spirit who inhabits, who is present in the spiritual temple that we are built into together, God will see us through whatever it is we have to go through. The good, the bad, and the ugly. And you can be guaranteed one of those is going to come your way anytime because that's what life is like. To those who are being confirmed, I congratulate you. We spoke briefly beforehand, and I have learned about their, their uh, preparation, which included leading morning prayer, planning, and leading morning prayer. I was so impressed. I said, we're going to just skip the ordination. that is Jesus Christ himself. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen.